Welcome back. You're listening to the Rims and Nets podcast. You're your host, Rob Morris. Um, back with the second segment. All right, so this is pretty much all going to be draft talk from here on in to the end of this show. Um, I'm excited for tomorrow, man. I can't, I can't wait to see how everything shakes out. Um, like I said, the draft coverage will be on ESPN this year. Um, I think it starts at seven o'clock. So just get ready to, you know, kick back, get some food, whatever, relax on your, on your sofa and just see how the, the future of the NBA will change. I know it's not a uh, stacked draft. I know it's not a uh, a highly touted draft this year, but it's still um, still gonna be players that are gonna definitely make a difference on your team, whatever your team is, whatever you're a fan of. Like, uh, I mean, there's definitely obviously there's a it's definitely a three player draft that we all know that could be stars in the NBA. But I mean, there's a lot of other guys that have other skill sets that could definitely, you know, put your team over the top, whether you're, whether they could be starters, whether they could be role players. I mean, it's all, you know, who knows how it all shape up over the years. And I mean, it all starts with just being, you know, that unknown on draft night. And then we kind of, we kind of get to see them play in the summer league and, and that can kind of give you a glimpse of what they could be. You know, that would be your first taste of what they'll, you know, what they will be professionally and how they will play in the professional level, fair to say. But it's, it's going to be an interesting night. And it all starts tonight. And then, like I said, it starts and then, and then it all, and get, you get to see them, you know, play in summer league you know, in the, in the next month. So, so it's a good way to start the off season. I, I, one thing, that's why I like the NBA off season. I mean, we already have a bunch of rumors. We already have players moving already. You know, Mike Conley just got traded. Um, a few other players got, uh, uh, at least we know that they're going to different places. They, they, this was the, um, the deadline where mostly a lot of guys, um, uh, announced that they were free agents because they declined their player options or team options. So it's, it's like like I said in the last episode, it's exciting. It's an exciting time of the year, man. I really love it. As, as a basketball fan, this is exciting. And I, like I said, I had to put in, you know, time and effort into putting in to this show. I wish I could have got some guests. Um, like I said, I've been sick, like I said, as, as you guys know, so this, I mean, I'm glad this episode, I, I mean, you know, fingers crossed that I haven't been able to cough, so it shows that I'm probably getting better, so, which is a good thing, I mean, it seems like I've been sick for at least almost two weeks now, I have something, whether I'm coughing or sneezing or, or just headaches at night. It's, it's been it's always been something or thought the other day I was feeling weak for whatever reason so feeling better now 
And I'm just going to let loose and try to get all this information in for you because, I mean, I enjoy this as much as y'all enjoy this. um, Us hoop heads, we just, this is the time for us to rejoice. (laughs) All right. um, Like I said, like like my Facebook page. Um, Like I said, just trying to get the channel to grow as well as get my podcast to grow and also I have my website um rimsandnets.com r i m s double n e t s.com so go visit um I added a few updates I had an article about Anthony Davis trade um also um commitments as well from you know high school players that committed to uh, uh, D1 schools in the area, particularly like the basically any any local any local school that's in the area, I will have probably would have their commitment on my site. So whether it's a private school or whether it's a public school, if they are in the New England area or the New England region. They'll probably have my commitment on the on my site. I'll probably have mostly uh all the I wouldn't say all the commitments, but obviously just um the ones that were um that came up recently this past couple months of obviously the completion of the site, which I completed the site last month. So it's been it's been two months and a half now, just pushing through all this, you know, content and I'm just gonna keep going so, I, but I need the support, you know. I don't have no support. I mean, the the content is not gonna is is gonna be slow. Like you're gonna have slow updates on on the website. You're gonna have. I mean, I, I mean, I'm pretty consistent with the podcast every week, but the website is where I definitely could be more uh, consistent at. But I need some support. I mean, it'd be nice to. Uh, have an editor or someone to edit the articles or whatever, or check the website. But I'm, I'm, I have a few ideas in the works. I'm just trying to put it in, put it in into um into fruitation right now. I'm just weighing out all the options, and I've just been able to reach out with a few people as well. But um, like I said, right now it's uh, it's tough because you really you can't really offer money. You know, I mean, money money definitely does help to hire people. Like, I really can't hire you. It had to be a volunteer type of position. So you'd have to do it just because you're just passionate about it. And it's not like I'm really making that much money out of this. Like, if anything, I'm not really making any money out of it. I'm really, right now, I'm just trying to just front everything just to get things started. And then eventually, you know that that part of it comes but i mean it only would it would only be nice if you just get uh, just get some support like like the page um that's free to do um share it just just definitely just spread the word out because it's definitely it's definitely really a unique concept i can i give to you guys every week i put uh 
like I said, it's and plus it's I'm giving you all levels of basketball talk. You know, to the pro level, to the high school level, to the college level. You're, I mean, you're pretty much covered in this whole area of New England. So, I mean, it's probably the most unique content you're gonna get out there. But anyways, let's let's uh, let's move on to the draft talk. Um, so let's start with the risers. I mean, these guys. I've definitely risen up that I've noticed since, like, obviously these, these uh, draft boards came out. I mean, there's a few guys that definitely stuck out to me. Um, Rui Hachimura out of Gonzaga has definitely risen up. Um, I mean, you should expect him to, uh, tomorrow night to probably be in the lottery. Um, and it's been like this the past few weeks, but... Like, I would say mid-season, he was in the 20s for whatever reason. I mean, I thought he had a really good uh, a junior, junior. I think he's a junior. Yeah, I think he's a junior. So, I think he had a really strong junior year. So, I don't know why he was, fall, you know, he was falling like he was. Early in the year, he was projected as a top five pick uh, before the season started. And then all suddenly... Uh, you know, other other prospects started to uh, rise, and he started to fall. So, I mean, people are more familiar with him. Plus, he's been in college a few years. So, a lot of times, you'll end up being a victim of staying in school. A guy that's, when you look at him, his physical um, prowess out there is just is undeniable. Like, you can't... Um, you can't teach his size and, and girth and, and, and he, like, he lives in the gym. He's a gym, looks like a gym rat and got a, a strong physical, um, um, he's a strong, phys, has a strong physical body out there. And he just, like, he's, he's, he's a little bit like LeBron in that sense. Like, he has, um, just electrifying dunks and, and he's really good in transition. Like, he's very athletic for his size. Um, he can be a little stiff at times, especially on the defensive end. Um, not the best lateral quickness, but as far as everything else, is agility, able to able to run, uh, get up and down the floor in transition. Like he's he's exceptional on all those levels, all those um, all this all those areas of of the of his game. So, and like I said, he's he's just a competitor too. He's very competitive. And, that's the reason why he's he's rising, and, and a lot of guys like him. Obviously, he's definitely been probably good in his workouts, and that's probably why he shines. He's he, he's a very hard worker, so like obviously he's gonna he's gonna have really good strong draft workouts because of that. So it's definitely it benefited from him, and I think he I, you definitely probably could see him somewhere in the lottery and maybe in the early teens. Um. So yeah, so the next player I would say that's rising is Bruno Fernando out of Maryland. Um, lot a lot a lot of um mock drafts have him in the second round, which is kind of strange because last year he was projected. I think he's getting the same treatment that that uh, Rui Hachimura is getting, just 
been in school for too long. He's a sophomore, though. But still, like, the, you know, you get victimized even as a sophomore. It's just you have all these freshmen that are coming out this year, and they they look at them as, you know, fresh meat. And they have years of potential that probably the sophomores and juniors don't have. Uh, but, and then same thing with Hachimura. Hachimura is an older, older junior. So he's like, what, 21? So, I mean, after you get past 2021, it's, it, you're losing that, th- those potential years that, you know, scouts drool over. You know, they, they love those 18, 19 year old players because they have, um, a few years, you know, in them that they can develop in the league. And they're missing out on that when they leave late, like particularly those sophomores and juniors and also seniors. So same thing. He's getting a little bit of that staying in the school too long. But like, I thought he had a strong year this year. He had a double, double. Um, so, I mean, he's going to be a first round pick, like probably be a late first round pick. Um, maybe, maybe late teens, like he's rising that much. Just guys, uh, teams like him because of his, 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 like his, like his great body has, uh, uh, a workout warrior type of body out there. So, uh, teams like, like, like his size, like his strength, like his ability to rebound, like his athleticism, his agility and, and quickness to get up and down the floor. Like, he fits, you know, the modern-day big. So he's definitely going to be a first-rounder for sure. I, I'll be surprised if he does not get out of the first round. Well, I can, uh, he should get drafted in the first round. Um, and then another riser that, you know, some people said that he might not even uh, stay in the draft, but he ended up staying because his stock w- went up significantly in, in the combine. Is uh, Nick Nick Clance, Nick Claxton out of Georgia? Um, he's a frail guy, but uh, he he's pretty versatile. Can pass the ball well, can handle the ball well, out from the three point line. So he gives you a lot of different skills out there. As as a big, he's six eleven. Um, uh, scouts have been impressed with his defense and his uh, rim protection. Uh, he's a very good shot blocker. So, I mean, I believe he recorded like seven blocks in one of the games in the combine. So, like, he's definitely was uh, making a name for himself in that combine. And like I said, that I mentioned that in, in previous episode. Like, that combine can really raise your stock up if you really um, do well and perform well. Especially if you do well in the athletic testing and and the, and the measurements, like it can really change where you could be in the draft. And I think he was a second rounder coming into that combine, and uh, this guy might be in the teens. Like he might end up being picked in the teens. That's that's how much he rose up. He rose up twenty something spots. So so I would say those three definitely is the one guy. Uh, definitely the guys that I would think they'd probably rise up tomorrow night. Um far as the fallers go, I think the biggest one that um that definitely could fall is uh Romeo Langford. 
um, out of Indiana. I mean, like I said, I, I seen the footage of him um, when I was doing one of those mod traps. I was like, yo, I can't see much. I don't see much lottery talent in this guy. Like, I know that might have something to do a lot with this the draft class itself, that he would be a lottery pick, but I just didn't really see much separation with him that people were really waving about. I mean, he does have some skills. He has a nice repertoire and has a nice skill set, but as far as, like, athletically goes, I don't think he really wows me athletically, and it showed. So, I mean, a lot of, a lot of pundits have definitely dropped him a peg. Like, he might be in the 20s. I project him to probably be picked in the 20s tomorrow night. I don't... Horton Tucker, he's definitely falling big time. Um... Maybe like two months ago, first round, he was a first round pick. Now he's like a mid second round pick, maybe early second round pick. Like people have concerns about his weight. Um, he think they think he's out of shape. So plus they think he athletically, um, they don't. He he really isn't. He's not athletically enough to play the position that he's projected to be. He, they project him to be a six, uh, uh, at least a two guard because he has a, a two guard height. Two he ranges in a two guard height with he's six four, and he's like two hundred thirty something pounds. So so he, he looks like he's out of shape a bit. So. And yeah, like people say, oh well, he could play the three or the four. Uh, I mean, not necessarily. He might. Uh, probably the workouts are showing that maybe he might not be as versatile as they thought he would be. You know, you may not be able to. You probably be too short to play three in the NBA because most most threes are probably six eight, six seven. So he'd be giving up a lot of height if he was playing the three in the next level. <clears throat> so I don't know. I don't think he'll I don't think he'll really fit well. Like he's a tweener in that sense. Like he'll we really you really don't know what position he can play at the next level because he's just not athletically enough to play a, a point guard or a two guard in the next level. So that's why he's falling. And then another guy that like I wanted to mention with Langford, obviously uh, they're very similar players. Kevin Porter Jr. He's falling as well. Um, like I said, they're both isolation type scorers, and they're just falling. I mean, uh, for Porter, it's been attitude issues. He's had a lot of attitude issues. Had had a suspension in college, so they're definitely monitoring his background because of that. And then probably. The one surprising one that's falling, we'll give you an extra one that's falling, is um, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish could definitely fall tomorrow, um, mainly because of those injury concerns. He had to have surgery. Um, I believe it was on his knee, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he had to have surgery on his knee. So, I mean, he definitely is probably going to be falling because of that. And obviously just um, he wasn't the most um, – he had a, obviously R.J. Barrett and, and Zion Williamson kind of shouldered a load offensively and kind of um, reddish kind of was just 
just kind of the men in the background. He wasn't really assertive. And some people questioned his assertiveness. Is he really, uh, um, I mean, they're projecting to possibly be a top 10 pick. Is he Is he a, a good enough player or can he be assertive enough to be a lead guy on a team? At You know, if you're going to be drafting someone in the top 10, you would want a guy that could possibly be a cornerstone type player or maybe close to a, a, um, a high echelon starter in the league. And he, they say he projects as that, but, you know, it doesn't really show with his play at times because he can be inconsistent with his aggressiveness. So, so that's why he's fallen. So I'm not saying that he, I mean, this might be a team that might, you know, really love Cam Reddish and they'll pick him in the top 10, but I mean, there's a lot of guys that are rising in that, in those teen spots. Usually when that happens, usually a guy that might be projected to be in the top 10 could fall because of injury concerns. Or like I just said, you know, Lack of aggression and lack of assertiveness with his game really could have, you know, really hurt his stock. So we'll have to see how that ends up tomorrow. We'll see, you know, see if 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 he does fall. But uh, I was, but I believe that he could fall tomorrow. Um, so let's move on to the superlatives, which this is part. Kind of a fun thing that I'm going to do. Pretty much the best of this. Best star. Best defensive player. Best score. Best passer. And we got a few other ones. So. Best star. I would have to say. Besides Zion Williamson. We all know Zion Williamson is going to be a star. So besides Zion Williamson. I have the best. Um best star or or potential to be a star is Jared Culver. <coughs> you guys all know I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jared Culver. Um, like I said, I don't care about people saying that he has athletic limitations. Paul Pierce has athletic limitations. He's still a star player. Like, he's, he can be that type of guy. Like, he's, he's he has great footwork, great skill set, um, he just got some room his, his um, shooting. He has to be more consistent. But besides that, if he can prove that, I, there's no reason why he can't be a, a, a superstar or close to that in this league. And plus, he can play defense so well, has the swagger out there, like has a very, very confident guy. Um, why not go with Jericho over that's, you know, being the best star? Why not? I think he has all the tools to be that guy. Um, best defensive player is um, Mytas Dabro out of Washington. Um, like I said, if you've never seen him play, this kid, he, he gets after it, man. He's a very good defensive player. He won defensive player of the year in the Pac-12 this year. Um, I think he averages like two and a half steals a game, and then he averages like two, two and like point seven, I believe, in blocks or some some crazy. Like he averages, um, like he is, is, he only averages like what eight nine points a game. Like he's not he's a non-factor on the offensive end, but his but his 
His defense is like probably the best side of anybody in this draft. Like you can't go wrong if we draft Matthias Dabro. Like he's probably the best uh, perimeter defender in this draft. He can also defend multiple positions. Like he, I mean, he's he's special. Like you, I mean, he's a special defensive player. So if you want to get a guy that can kind of change your your culture defensively, um, you got to start with Matthias Dabro. Matthias Dabro will. Should be uh, a special uh, cog on your team if you if you if you tend to draft him. And I heard that he probably had a promise because he wasn't in the combine as well. So and he's he's gonna be a first round pick one way or the other because he had a promise. Because he even he's not even um, even I don't know if he's working out at all either. But I know that he didn't even show up in the combine. So. That's my pick for the best defensive player. Burned through everybody. Like, I mean, he's, I mean, he kind of reminds me a lot of those guys that kind of played in the past that used to be great scorers, like Jimmer Fredette, Steph Curry, come to mind as like those electrifying scoring type of players. And that's, he definitely is, he definitely fits that mold right, right to the T. I mean, he can literally, uh, pull up from anywhere like he has unbelievable range on his shot and I like his I like his body type I mean he is he's only six feet tall but he's still 200 pounds so he's very strong and sturdy I mean we all know what Kyle Lowry did but he has much more explosiveness than Kyle Lowry does so think about that I mean I mean the only thing that he needs to work on is just being a better point guard, being having more playmaking skills. But as far as scoring goes, he's probably one of the better scorers in this entire draft. You know, not named Barrett and, and Zion Williamson, of course, and maybe John Morant. John Morant is a great scorer as well. So if I had to say, you know, without the top guys, I'd probably say Carson Edwards is probably the best scorer out of those you know, after those, you know, those three top guys. Um, best passer, John Morant easily is the best passer. And it's not even close. Like he's, I mean, maybe you might have a few guys that might be close to him, but John Morant is by far the best passer in the draft. Like he can make any pass, makes flashy passes and transition, can make um, the more tougher passes in traffic. Like, he's an unbelievable passer. So, I mean, as far as his scoring goes, he can do that. But he can also pass the ball well as well. You know, so you got you can't go wrong with John Moran at all in that, in that area of his game. Like, he definitely can slice and dice the defense with his passing ability. Um... So next, I would say best glue guy, I would say P.G. Washington out of Kentucky. Um, like I said, more and more versatile guys. I said uh, in my mock trap on the website, I think he's like the Draymond Green of this draft because he can guard pretty much one through five, um, can switch on anybody if you need him to switch. Um, pretty good at getting steals, pretty good at getting blocks. Can post up, can shoot threes, like he's your quote unquote Andre Iguodala esh, Draymond Green esh type of glue guy that you gotta have on your team to win. 
if you want to have a championship, you want to build, you got to have a guy like him. You got to have a guy like P.J. Washington um, that just does it all and does everything for your team that you need, the, the ultimate utility guy. That's who, that's P.J. Washington. Um, most clutch player, as far as the tangibles go, I would probably say Carson Edwards. Like, the moments that he made in the tournament just just shows you how how unbelievable and how uncanny he is at making big shots and big moments. Uh, uh, you can't leave him open because he, he he's gonna make a big shot. He'll make a big shot for you if you if you leave him open. So I mean, like I said, um, in previous episodes, I. I hope the Celtics get him. I just hope we got three picks. That's if you don't trade trade all three of those picks. I hope one of those picks is Carson Edwards because he is he's an amazing amazing player. Like he can really change a game with his scoring ability. And like I said, he just he's just he just has a knack for making a big play and the big shot and the big moment. All right, so. And now these ones are kind of little extras. Um, but they still mean something. But uh, before we get into those extra ones, uh, best shooter, um, I'd say it's probably going to be Tyler Harrow out of Kentucky. Like I said, he's just remarkable at creating opportunities for himself off the ball. Uh, moving well without the basket, you probably can play him off. You know, play him through um, off-ball screens and have him go chase chase around, um, chase 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 a defender around or whatever, or, or have it have the defender play cat and mouse with him while he's getting open for an easy easy three. Like he's that type of player. Um, very, very. Uh, I, when he, his percentages weren't that good, but we all know his stroke is one of the best in college basketball, and you can't really go wrong with his shooting ability. It's probably only going to get better the spacing in the NBA, where he can kind of can maybe you know come off of those mid rangers mid range off ball screens as well as those three point off ball screens. It has you know, right? I mean, just ask JJ Redick how. How well he can get open out there, and how tough it is for him to guard to guard him. So another guy that the Celtics are kind of kind of interested in, they're kind of interested in Tyler Hero. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's a few guys like I said. I, I like Bull Bull as well. So there's a few guys that Celtics uh, need the target, man. And I like I like Tyler Hero. I think Tyler Hero. Is something that they've never had in a while. Uh, probably the closest thing to it is Ray Allen and probably Eddie House. They haven't had something like Tyler Hero in a long time. I thought maybe I thought that James Young would be that guy, but James Young was nothing like Tyler Hero. James Young was a lazy. I went. I don't want to bring him clout, but he wasn't the most effective player. Let's just say that and. I don't think he was the best worker out there, and that's probably why he wasn't able to really 
to stay in the NBA. But I don't know where he's in. He's probably in Europe right now playing. But hopefully he's from Kentucky too. So let's hope, you know, the Celtics do pick Tyler Hero. He ends up being um, a, a good fit for this team. But, you know, who knows? What, I mean, there's a lot of good players at that spot. I wouldn't, you know... But he's one of the he's one of my favorites. I like Tyler Hero. Um the best dunker besides Zion Williamson is probably Narzir Little. <coughs> Excuse me. Cause Narzir Little, he's just um he's he's bouncy. Um he's got a uh he has great size, uh very strong. Um he's like kinda like he, he kinda finesses his dunks a little bit. Like, I wonder why he doesn't really you know, dunk it like Jalen Brown dunks it out there, but uh, he, like I said, he's he has nice flair and he's a very good dunker. He gets up. He's like he definitely will be probably someone that we probably will be looking at maybe in the dunk contest next year with Zion Williamson. But he's definitely a great dunker. Um, has unbelievable quickness and transition to make those dunk attempts. So he's going to be doing a lot of that. He's got more spacing in the NBA, so he definitely should benefit from it. And he's also one of the guys that I feel like has been rising as well. I mean, he was outside of the lottery. Now he's like a top 10 pick now, so projected in a lot of mock, site, mock trap sites. So uh, we'll see how that fares. But I think he's definitely the best dunker in this draft besides Zion Williamson. And then the last superlative that I will have to wrap this show up is best charisma and probably the most marketable person in the draft. I'll probably have to say that's Jared Culver. And then I added another player for marketability, and marketability will be Kobe Wright because he's got that huge afro, and I just think a lot of um, advertisers are going to probably want to get a lot of commercials with him with that huge afro. It's definitely going to be marketable. And, you know, little kids are going to want to look up to him and want to grow out their hair out to be the next uh, basketball player with an afro that's that's not in the 70s. <laughs> but, all right. All right, so, so we're going to call it a night. It's a long show, probably a little bit over. 15 minutes, almost an hour, but not not quite. Actually, yeah, 18, so a little bit under an hour, or just about. All right, so we'll wrap it up. This is your host, Rob Morris. Um, you're listening to the Rims and Nets podcast. I'm out. Peace.